0: I've realized that that's not just travel like away from home, right? It could be just like going out to the beach at sunrise. Um, You can really find these like little moments in your day to pause, find your breath, reset and become inspired.
1: You're listening to Social Room Podcast, inspired by entrepreneurs.
2: What's your story? We'll start with your birthday.
1: Okay, guys, welcome to Social Room Podcast. I'm Sage. And I'm Kate. And we are here. We made it. This is our very first episode. We're super excited. Our guest is going to teach you a lot. We just want to thank her again for... Trusting us and trusting this process right being the first guest
2: like that's tough and she trusted us So again, thank you for that. We do just want to touch real quick We're gonna be transparent here and say there's a little growing pains with our audio the sound quality We're getting there. We're gonna we're gonna kill it soon. So just stick with us and know that we are
1: growing Okay, I want to start off the recommendations this week because It is spooky season. Halloween's my favorite holiday and not Kate's. So I think I will lead because I have a spooky wreck. It is a scary movie. And I just want to give a warning: don't come for me if you watch this movie and it troubles you. It is one of the better produced scary movies I've seen in a really long time. It's called Talk to Me. It's on Amazon Prime. It's so scary and messed up. Right don't even now, watch I'm the preview like if you don't like scary. That's my warning on that. My other rec is gonna be Charleston restaurant rec. It is called The Establishment and it's off of Broad Street. It's like this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. And if you you go in you'll see this like low-key dining room but there is seating also farther back past the bar and it's just so chill and you can watch the chef's work and it's wonderful the food is top notch and it's right down the street from Sorrel. you could just walk there if you go like start with a drink my husband and i do date night there i so love that starting
2: with a drink somewhere and then going to dinner yeah we and, like to hop around up, yeah. yeah that was a great recommendation i've actually never even heard of it so that's awesome And not only is it spooky season, but it is football season. So one of my recs this week is going to be grab your crew, get them all together, and go outside to watch a little bit of football on a projector screen. Find a side of your house to put it up. It's really, really cool. And you can also do a bonfire with it. We did this the other weekend. Sage wasn't there because she was hiking, but it was a lot of fun. And so I can't wait to do it again. So you guys should try that if you have the capabilities. We'll
1: be there for the next one, don't you worry? (laughs) Yes, for sure. Before we get into it with our guests, we'd like to thank our partner, Fine Rugs of Charleston, where you can see the widest selection of designer rugs and uncommon carpets. At Fine Rugs, expect exceptional service and the highest quality carpets. They offer a full array of soft surface floor covering products and services, including installation, cleaning, and restoration to residential and commercial customers. So if you plan to stop by their showroom, you can mention our podcast for 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out online at www.finerugsofcharleston.com or in person at 1523 Meeting Street in Charleston, South Carolina. All right, guys, enjoy the episode.
2: guys today we have an incredibly special guest joining us she's not only a badass woman but also a diverse entrepreneur with over two decades of experience she's recently shifted her focus to real estate and interior design in her free time she's an avid reader yogi and lover of the outdoors we're excited to have her here with us today and we cannot wait to learn from you. Please join us in welcoming the CEO of Coat Lux Properties and Investments, Kelly Stradling.
1: Thank you guys. I'm Yay. really honored to be here. Yes, thank okay. you so much for joining us. We're incredibly honored to have you. So why don't we start with your business birthday? So kind of tell us where you got started and what sparked your passion for being an entrepreneur. Sure. Well, you know, honestly, I go way
0: back with this. So the entrepreneurial spirit was really instilled in me at an early age. I had two parents who had created their own businesses, and because of that, you know, there was a lot of empowerment and motivation around starting my own as well. Um, you can also say I've come a little bit full circle because their business was actually, ironically, in real estate development and in design. <laughs> so um, that being said, I actually kind of used that life model in my early years um, and coupled that with my own passion for wellness and design and managing and creating something of my own and eventually actually started businesses in other areas. So I started a yoga Pilates studio that I ran in Richmond, Virginia for 10 years and a clothing boutique alongside that. Um, also a part of that was leading luxury wellness retreats abroad. So that really, you know, helped me kind of, um, satiate my passion for travel and kind of that wanderlust side. And then eventually under construction company for a number of years, yeah, which wow. was kind of the yeah. segue into, you know, doing my own investments. And of course then starting Colux, which is, you know, my newest company here, um, coming up on a couple of years old. So I
2: was about to say, when would you say you started that? Yeah, so the idea really, you know,
0: launched in probably the, you know, middle COVID years. And then the company came to fruition in this last like year and a half.
1: That's a great environment to grow up
0: in for this. Absolutely. And I really think so I've done some consulting with, you know, individuals that want to start their own businesses or are in the middle of a shift or a pause. And I always start with, you know, what... Really stokes the fire in that individual, you know, what their passions are, their interests, their skill sets. And that's where I feel like everything starts from. And then we can really build upon that.
2: Love it. Um, You recently just traveled, and I know you're kind of talking about that. So where did you just come from, first of all, and how does that inspire you back into your business life? Mm, That's such a great question. So I
0: actually just came from Europe. I had the opportunity to be over mainly in Italy and France for about three weeks. And, you know, honestly, I've, I've had the opportunity to travel widely, which is a, is a beautiful blessing in life. And I always feel that I come back with a clear mind and kind of a, a fresh restart. It's almost like a reset. Now, this particular trip, I was in the Dolomites and I had the opportunity to hike for a couple of weeks on a group led hike, which is really a passion of mine. Honestly, I feel like I always come back with this like new invigoration for not just life, but business, uh, clear mind, and then also, you know, just new ideas to employ, whether that be ideas that have kind of spawned on the trail or ideas that come to me in advance that now I feel like, okay, I'm ready to move forward with. You know, there's always a lot of fire lit, which is something that's really great and then, of course, I love Europe. I lived oh, in yeah, France a couple it's of done. times. And <laughs> and a little bit
1: of a motivator to travel. yeah. <laughs> it is,
0: absolutely. I've got dear friends abroad, and I really feel like, man, they just do some things different and right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, coming back, I always reflect upon how can I instill some of their traditions into my life. And normally that revolves around, you know, buying a baguette and a little fromage and doing, <laughs> you know, just the <laughs> typical... And then also just leading a simple life. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about gathering around food and people. And it's just it's awesome. It's wonderful.
1: So you've recognized that this brings you inspiration and helps your creative mind get working. Do you schedule this or do you implement it intentionally? Well, I'm a dreamer. So I'm a Pisces.
0: <laughs> and um, So I would definitely say that I have this wanderlust spirit. And I absolutely find a lot of inspiration while traveling, but in my you know, most recent years, I've actually grown a little bit wiser, hopefully. And I've realized that that's not just travel like away from home, right? It could be just like going out to the beach at sunrise. Um, you can really find these like little moments in your day to pause, find your breath, reset and become inspired. And so yes, absolutely. Being in the Dolomites and these beautiful mountains surrounded by pure air. How could and, you not be inspired? That's right. How inspired right. but <laughs> equally i think it's as important to bring that home and to seek that and find it, you know, in your day to day. And I think that's what you know gives us a lot of like passion in life for sure. No,
1: I think that's great advice. Being intentional in your day to day life and these routine things that we're always doing, kind of changing it up. Absolutely, mm, that's great. And it
2: helps to slow down to go faster. So I feel that way when I travel. I just easily slow down, and then when I come back, I'm just ready to pick up, ready to go get tasks that I need to get done done and keep moving forward so I'm sure that's very helpful with owning a business and you know all of that absolutely it's I mean travel really
0: is about the journey and the same with hiking I mean mm-hmm. you can use these metaphors for life so I think we're really reminded of the fact that the sweetness is in the journey and in those small moments that make up our day or our week or our month and so being able to just kind of find that rhythm is on the trail it's It's incredible because it becomes a walking form of meditation for me. Um, There's a deep connection with not just myself, but also the natural environment. And you just feel a lot closer to the earth. And so I think that that grounding aspect is huge. And then, of course, you know, in other facets of life, like we're able to find that as well. And so, you know, bringing that back and instilling that is, is huge. So
1: how do you prioritize this time? so that you also get that done while you need to accomplish these other things? Well, for me, life is meant to be lived (laughs) and it's meant to be maximized. And so,
0: honestly, there's downtime in each day, but I think Mm -hmm. that... Probably when uh, many people might take a look at my day, they realize it's pretty full. That being said, I am very routine based. So my day to day looks very similar when I'm home. And I feel like that kind of sets the foundation for me to be able to ensure that each facet is taken care of. So for me, that's having a healthy body and kind of starting there first with just clean eating and wellness and my workouts and my walks. I mean, every facet kind of needs a little like touch every day. And then, you know, moving on to business, there's obviously the top priorities. And I try and do a really good job of focusing on, you know, just the top few, not like I'm going to tackle 10 things today. Like what are the things that are really going to move the needle and bring me the maximum return on my time and energy? Because, For me, they coincide. You know, you can't have one without the other. And then, of course, you know, family, my husband and stepsons, my new puppy. I mean, these are huge things for me. And I really do everything that I do in life so that I can be as available and intentional and open with them. Because at the end of the day, I feel like those social connections and relationships are top.
1: I think that's great. And sounds like you start your day intentionally and try and end it intentionally. So Absolutely. Awesome. You create your own freedom and flexibility. Right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, the other thing that
0: I might add to that is, uh, you know, I am a yogi, so to speak, um, yo- owned a yoga studio for 10 years. I've been practicing yoga for, oh my gosh, over probably 20 some years. And that really has been a foundation for the way in which I live live out my days. So with that, I think about the energy that I'm taking from the day, right from the business from that, you know, kind of like masculine energetic side of things. And I try and make sure that there's some sort of shift, some sort of pause as I come out of that and then move into, you know, my social time and my time with my husband and my time with my family. And so that's really important to me, whether it be setting the stage with burning of a candle or a cup of tea or a deep breath, like there's got to be something that kind of like cleanses and shifts the one energy, right? Changes into the, next. the energy.
1: That's so good. That's great advice. I'm gonna start practicing. that <laughs> and Changing, like, okay, now I'm at home. I'm I'm not working anymore, and it's a different environment. Yeah.
0: And just these little rituals, right? I think that's one of the things that I can speak to that I love, like, and adore about French culture. There's a ritual around everything. I mean, there's a ritual around setting a beautiful table. There's a ritual around taking your tea after your meal. There's just this, uh, you know. This joie de vivre, I think, is probably the best way I could put it. And I love it. Is that French? That is. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's I like love the, that. the joys of life. Right? Oh, I And it's a. It's something that you can you can't really put your finger on, but you know it's there because yeah. you can feel it. Did you study French or did I you study did. a different language? I well? did. So mm-hmm. I actually have a degree in French oh, okay. and I have a degree in international business. So yeah.
1: You said you lived abroad. Did you study did. abroad for the first I a did semester? so
0: studied in the south of France, actually in the mountains in a small village, and it was just incredible. Like fairy tale, like really. Lived with the most incredible family that I just had the opportunity to visit this last uh, week when I was over there. Um, We've kept in touch for two decades, so that's been incredible. And I also had the opportunity to go back abroad after I graduated from here in Charleston and actually spent my time focused on kind of this work study thesis project is, is probably the best way to put it. And so I actually compared small business and small business life and practices in the States to that in France. And so I, you know, had this kind of like job study program with the crepe maker and the boulangerie and the pâtisserie and, you know, really took a deep look into those mostly very like deep family traditions mm-hmm. and, and businesses that have been handed down over years and they compare to the way in, in which we run a typical small and business. And they probably the don't
1: compare. <laughs>
0: You know, at and the then, at the heart of, of every business, I think, especially when we talk about small business, is passion. Yeah. And so I think that's what drives can, us all. That's right. what drives us all. Right. Yeah. And so that is a great motivator. And I saw that time and time again. But yes, the, the practices, I mean, there's just a lot more time taken and intentional time taken, I think, in the average French small business versus the United States-based company. That, I feel
1: like we're always in a rush here we're really always trying to go and go and achieve and get the next thing done and American dream yeah right right. right. (laughs) and abroad you just constantly see them taking their time and just absolutely why can't I slow down that way (laughs) (laughs) what are the main differences that you've seen between the two
2: cultures Oh, god. As far as business goes.
0: Yeah. As far as business, I think that what I would say is the average U.S.-based business has very, very strongly focused goals, and those goals drive everything, whereas it's more of a, a craftsmanship oh, and yeah. a tradition that drives the average French small business. And so I think then, you know, if you go on to extrapolate from that, you can see how there's even just a different approach to things and, you know, whether that be from the strategies or the marketing, things like that. If you look at marketing, obviously social media marketing is everywhere and it's taken over the world. But in most of these small towns in France, you know they really have a a following already so there's not a need to you know kind of push the business in that way and so i think that's probably different and runs yeah. counter to the average american business that really feels that you know they must be doing these 10 different things on social media and with email marketing yeah. and with seo
2: and right to, it, to stretch st- themselves like that's right, you know, globally or across the, most, the world,
1: right? Like, the biggest audience. Absolutely. Whereas abroad, they're just trying to really craft their art. That's and, right. Yeah. And the art speaks for itself. Right. For sure. So we should all move abroad, is <laughs> it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Do you think you could ever move abroad?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, just like leave leave America and just totally. Go to I see.
0: I wouldn't I go too. as far to say that I'd want to. Be abroad permanently. I've got a lot of great family and friends that are stateside, and so that's really important to me. But little sabbaticals abroad for sure. Oh, yeah. And whether that means. Do people, right.
1: people probably snowbird abroad, right? Sure. They could just be snowbirds abroad. That's right. That's right. Seasonally. That's yeah. right. <laughs> a seasonal sabbatical. Yeah, I mean, it sounds go. lovely. <laughs> that's awesome. Let me just ask you a little bit more about Coat Lux because that's your baby, right? That's what that's right. you started a few years ago. I know you had the construction company previously and you've kind of touched on a few other things, but why don't we speak on those things that you're working on now?
0: Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I really started Coat Lux because of a shift in in my life and the ability to be a little less brick and mortar based and you know as things have moved online there's the ability to be more remote and so I wanted that a flexibility in my own life and so coat Looks really uh, was born out of that and of course a love for both real estate investment as well as interior design so for many years I've been involved in my own projects and then through the construction company helped many really create their own properties and better their own properties and so it was a natural kind of evolution for me and so with coat Lux, it, it not only combines that but it allows me to assist a client with many facets of real estate and so whether that be the sales end and really being in touch with the market and seeking out the best opportunities or potentially helping them and guiding them through a new build process or a renovation process or the final interior design it's really an end-to-end company so that they can be with one trusted source through that entire journey
1: and then they could be with you in the future too so if they start with you for the new build and then they need you for the interior design or the renovation. So that's, that's right. That's yeah. Awesome. And then most recently,
0: um, as I touched on briefly, there's been a huge uh, desire from clients of mine, as well as in my own life around short term rentals. And a lot of that's fueled by the market. So obviously here in our local Charleston market, it's been booming and you know, I'm not sure. I, I wish I had a crystal ball, but I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. But I can tell you now that. Short- Short-term rentals, though sometimes a little difficult to seek out, can be a way that you can kind of combat the prices, the higher prices, and then also the higher interest rates. And so, you know, short-term rentals will provide, in general, that, that margin that you need to see and that cash-on-cash return. Did you ever have any long-term rentals, or did you... Have had a couple in the past. Um, and certainly, you know, look, there are people who, you know, really build their, their life and in that way as well but I would say in general right now the the math may not work right yeah Um, Yeah. of course it's always dependent upon a specific property and there's many sort of facets that you know i look at when i'm analyzing properties but if you think about it people who kind of bought before this covid craze um, they probably have the ability to really turn properties that they own into long-term rentals because those rental rates um, they're able to see right the they'll return be able to make need. a profit and absolutely yeah. so
1: my husband and i actually have two um, rental properties they're long term and we've kind of discussed this possibility of getting into the short term rental and it was when the rates were very low and now that they're kind of hiking back up we're discussing other options so do you prefer the short term
0: well I would definitely say in this market if you can get into short term rentals I mean Charleston's always one of the top ten right Mm -hmm. on our list and so you know there's high occupancy low vacancy rates as well as just a high average nightly rate and so you're able to really make a healthy return if you're In the right location. You know, I always, though, will take a property and say, hey, what is this property's, you know, kind of opportunity? Like, what's the opportunity there? And so, for some, it's a long-term rental only, right? And so you're really looking at, you know, an appreciation versus a cash flow gain. Um, for others, they may not really meet the criteria because of location for either a long-term or a short-term. Right. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I'm looking at, you know, how can this property be uh, improved upon and can it be a flip? Again, flips are a little bit harder in this market mm-hmm. just because you don't have the ability to find uh, properties that need the work or at the price that would garner you right. know the return. Right, the inventory that you need.
1: isn't kind of matching the flip market. That's right. right. Now. My husband right. and I are currently yeah. doing a hack, so awesome. we've bought renovated and now we're living in and still have to continue renovating. But in a year, we will put tenants in it for the short term or long term. But I think you're right. It really depends on what the market is doing. And there's so many other factors that people have to consider. It's not just, well, we prefer short term over long term because we like when people leave and we can clean the place. Right. But with a short term, you also have to have property management. So do you manage those properties or do you have a company? So I do currently,
0: however, you know, at a certain number in the portfolio that then needs to be turned over. though. Personally, I would not be turning it over to the general property management company simply because of the, uh, you know, the percentage that they take, right? Right. Yeah. I like to... keep something
2: in-house, maybe? That's
0: right. Yeah. I like to kind of keep things in-house, one, because of the control that I have over... I mean, look, short-term rentals are a hospitality-first business. And so if we're up against the typical hotel, then we really need to have the practices and the experience that is is equal, if not better than that. Mm -hmm. And especially here in Charleston, there's huge contenders, right? And so I really think that property management companies, whether long-term or short-term based, are not hospitality-first companies.
1: I could not agree more. I have such a struggle when we travel anywhere. You always have the option of staying in a hotel or going on Airbnb, but you know that you're not getting the same service on an Airbnb most of the time. So hopefully this can inspire other Airbnb owners or short-term rental owners to kind of really invest in that hospitality side of things and make it a little bit better of an experience. And
0: I've actually had the opportunity to help clients that, you know, have purchased a property, maybe done some renovations, you know, I've helped them through the process of transitioning that property into a short-term rental. And that's the first thing I start with is, you know, how can we create an absolutely phenomenal guest experience yes. because that's yeah. what's going to create the, the the bookings and right. the, the word five-star reviews. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think it starts with having a, a really dialed in system. So whether it's from your guest rules and policies to your check-in and really being, you know, very seamless with that. Yeah.
1: That white glove start to finish Absolutely. Yeah. Communication is huge. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, you don't want your guest waiting for, you know, three hours to hear back on something that needs attention. Um, so you really want to think of it as like, you are a a concierge in this way, right? And you're offering that type of service. Um, I also think it starts with the design. So that, that is huge for me because when you look at, yeah, absolutely. When you, And when you look at the average, say, Airbnb listing, there will be many properties that kind of just, you know, fall to the middle, right? Like they don't really stand out. But then those properties that have just seamless interior design, maybe something unique about them, whether it be the location or the vibe, like those are the properties that are really sought after. And those are the properties that are going to catch the Let's attention. Get all the bookings.
1: Yeah. I mean, and we know as well as anybody that color and color theory can create different moods and provoke these feelings in people. So as interior designers, if you design it well, that's an investment in itself. It's going to bring people back. It's going to leave them with good feelings. I mean, just the colors you choose, they complement each other or they don't. So it's definitely something to consider. It's like where you're going to spend your money on that investment. It's not just the property itself, but okay, how are you going to present that property and how are you going to take care of it and manage it? Yeah.
0: and that's actually part of what I'm moving into with kind of the next phase or the newest phase for Coatlux. So I'm in the process of uh, creating a lot of resources and education around short-term rentals. And so a big part of that for me is really getting clear on the design element. And you know, for example, like how much money per square foot are we putting into the design of the average property? You know, and how does that affect the return? How does that increase or decrease (laughs) in some cases the average nightly rate? So really looking at those type of resources and providing that information I think is huge. And I think that it's something that you can find and there are many voices in this market, but many kind of overlook that and they're really heavy on the analysis side of things.
1: Some people just think like, Well, if I have this amount of money, it's probably going to cost me about this much, but you really need to be intentional and thoughtful about the money you're spending and where it's getting spent. I mean, every single dollar down to the property management and the furniture and where you're sourcing everything, you really have to be specific and know where everything's coming from and where your money is getting spent. Or you could be upside down very fast on a property and you won't ever make that return. You'll never see it. I love hearing you talk about it in case you want (laughs) to kick out our tenant and get a short-term Oh no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Besides short-term rentals, do you have any other investment properties? So recently, I made an investment uh, in a new build. And so Mm -hmm. I've got
0: that going on. My father is actually a builder developer, as I had mentioned, and so had the opportunity to kind of partner. I'm really excited about that. One, because he's my father, and I think there's a lot of wisdom I can learn um, from him. But also, I've not, at this point, built from scratch my new home. I've taken homes down to studs and (laughs) taken out subflooring. Mm -hmm. And I've certainly have done, you know, huge additions and renovation projects for myself and others. But building a home from the ground up, I think, is is a unique opportunity. And especially like in this market and climate, I'm excited to kind of journey through that.
1: That's a whole different client base too. all the new buildings. That's right. So once you start getting into that and you get to be hands on like front end of the experience you learn and see all the architectural plans and everything and then moving forward those clients that you'll have with new builds you'll understand everything so much better you'll have that first absolutely that's huge
2: i've kind of recently went through a similar situation where you worked with family and we're also in a new build and there's just something so fulfilling of being in that situation with your family and going through every single detail. You've got to be really detail oriented and like thoughtful on every little thing because it all has to flow, you know, and that's if you, right. know, you don't have this history you can build on or something like a focus point. You just have to kind of create from nothing. And that's really exciting. Oh, so.
1: it's so special. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to speak on some more of those hacks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: before we move on, I would say the biggest hack with building a house or from my experience, renovating a house because... Because the last few properties that I personally lived in, I've you know pretty much renovated 100% is really understanding your lifestyle habits really understanding you know how how many clothing items that in general you need and what that storage looks like in a closet right how do you live right how do you live how do you flow through and move mm-hmm. through the space and i think for the average person sometimes it's hard to think about that when we're looking at like where do we put the light yeah. you know in it the is, living it's room hard it's hard to yeah. conceptualize and it's hard to you know kind of future hack and know well I'm gonna have a seven foot dining room table and so I want the I want two chandeliers in here versus one or, but I think that that's essential to really customizing your property and making it so that it feels like it's just an extension of your being
1: I mean I think that's even beneficial to think about like if anybody's interested in house hacking I was just telling my husband the other day you know what's so cool that we get to live in this home and know how it functions and know what needs changed before we put tenants in it. Absolutely. And before they start to live in it and we kind of get to understand it. So it's a cool part versus just buying an investment property is hacking and living in the place. So like I thought about it specifically in the shower because whoever installed the insert for the tub did not put the base or something. Honestly, I don't know. And that could be totally <laughs> wrong. But the tub base, the bottom gives a little bit when you walk on it, you can feel sure. it. So if our tenants call us and they're like, hey, the tub is bouncy or whatever we'll understand and we'll know and we'll be able to speak them or you know speak with them and talk them through it or it's a very cool thing to like kind of understand how you live in that or you're going to be living in it and it is good to think that way when you buy an investment is how is somebody else going to live in this or when you start to renovate how is this going to function for the future and that's right yeah i love these hacks yeah, You're so life me hacks. It's like right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Life hacks. Tell <laughs> us more. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I well, I'm a planner, an organizer, right? an analyzer, but also a dreamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's an interesting combo, right? Yeah, it is. And I really think that the the hacks, so to speak, that I employ in my own life, set up my day-to-day in a way that has rhythm and consistency, but also efficiency at the end of the day, I do all of that one because that feels good to me, but also because it creates the spaces and the time so that I can dream and so that I can be spontaneous. It's efficient. It's efficient. Right. And so, you know, what I typically start with, and I do this normally a couple times during the year is it's the 168 hour week. Right. Um, So obviously we have 168 hours in the week and this exercise, I mean, you detail out like every minute you're spending during your average week. And so when you put that down on paper and on a spreadsheet, for me, it comes to life and it allows me to look at like, oh wow, like I wasted 20 minutes over here driving to a place that I could have you know, sort of combined with something yeah. on Monday and I did this on Wednesday and you know, it it shows me like the categories, right, and how much time I'm spending. So categories for everyone's going to be a little bit different, but you know, your average categories might look something like, you know, your time spent working, your time spent exercising, your time spent on social media, right? Your time spent on TV, like all of these, um, when it's, it's, it's accumulated through the week, you know, they really speak to you because you're able to, right. You're able to see like what stands out and what can I shift? What can I do less of, what can I do more of? And so I would say that that's where I start. And then at different points in the year, if I'm feeling a little out of sorts or maybe something shifted in my life, then I go back and I do it again. Um, I also have used this with a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners as they kind of tackle and get a hold on their life. Because that is, I think, the bane of a small business owner is time and not oh having enough gosh, of it. Yeah. That's and that's then also advice. having chaos that's created by just wearing so many hats. And so
1: not knowing how to manage. Your own that's time. right. I mean, none of us are in control. Of all we can do is manage the things in our lives. So That's right. If we can manage our time better... I think this is going to be super helpful for anyone. I mean, yeah, right. everyone. And so then
0: that exercise kind of flows for me into batching tasks, right? So um, annual, monthly, weekly tasks, I actually take time to look at, like, you know, what are all the appointments that I typically have during a year and schedule them way ahead of time. Okay. And I try and also schedule them on maybe, like, a Friday morning or a Wednesday you know, afternoon so that those kind of become appointment blocks. And, you know, these are just ideas, but those time blocks and and sort of the batching of tasks, I think really create a lot of efficiency. Um, most recently, I've been using a standing desk and actually it was my husband who recommended uh, using a timer on my phone to stay really focused on one task at a time. And so, you know, I'll set that timer for whatever it is, an hour. And that's all I do. Everything else is on airplane mode, everything else, any distraction is really put to the the side. Um, And I think that's a really big shift in today's world because we have so many distractions and we feel like we need to have, you know, 15 windows open on the computer, and we need oh, to have our phone God. in addition. You're speaking
1: deeply so to my anxiety. soul. <laughs> I mean, I'm always that's constantly trying for. to multitask and get mm. different things done. And while I do get a lot of it done, there's still things that mm. go to the wayside because I spent too much time doing one thing or I got distracted by another. So, I mean, we could title this episode How to Be Intentional because yeah, that's I, right. Mean,
0: and how to all be in these the practices, yeah, right? Yeah. So, how to go get in the groove things. of it, right. yeah.
1: Because if we,
0: you know, start one task and then we're bouncing back and forth between another, we're never in the flow. So we're, we're never really mindful enough yeah. with that one thing that we're trying to accomplish yeah. to have a clear mind, right? And to really be approaching it in an efficient way. Um, I think that's how a lot of, for, for me at least, it's a lot of how a lot of mistakes, you know, happen. Um, other than that, you know, I like to automate as much as possible. I think it only makes sense. And especially Mm -hmm. in business, I think it's huge uh, automation, delegation. I would say, again, you know, small business owners in general often run the risk of trying to control too much. And so early on with my companies, um, I hired managers. And those managers really took over the day to day because, in that way, I was able to stay working on the business versus in the business. And I think it's essential because As a small business owner, who's going to be the strategist and the visionary if, you know, you're doing all of the, like, little tasks. yeah, All the mundane
1: things. That's right. but it's a completely different mindset.
0: Yeah. Right. And they all have to get done. But it is, you're in a different mindset when you're doing the daily. The checklist
1: versus the creative side of things. Absolutely. How can you be creative in things if you're having to get these tedious tasks done? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it and I've had friends who are entrepreneurs that will maybe even hire somebody and forget to still delegate those Mm. tasks and then they are still trying to to control it and be creative and then the business suffers absolutely
2: really good point. I did want to touch earlier you said your different categories and I'm just curious how many hours of sleep do you
1: allot in that category? Good so,
0: I'm normally a 7 to 8 hour. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think do you go to bed early? Or um, do you get up early? That's interesting. I would say I go to bed around like 11. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not like crazy. Yeah. Um I do my best work in the kind of like, you know, late morning. And so that's really important to me. And it's also important to like really move my body before I work. I find that I'm much more focused and I have a much clearer mindset if that's the case. I I love to sweat you know, you in feel that, accomplished that too, right, right. You get up, you feel yeah. like you, you've already, you
1: Endorphous know, accomplished something flowing. in the day. I like yeah. read an article that people who have a morning routine are better decision makers because ah, once you make sure. a decision already in your day, it sets you up to make decisions easier the rest of the day. So yeah.
0: And I'm big on having these, like I said, rituals or routines, mm-hmm. if you will. I think that they create this rhythm to life that's kind of unspeakable spoken but it's felt you know it's a felt sense of being yeah that yeah.
1: harmony between all the That's other right. activities going on yeah. yeah amazing well i think we've covered
2: so much i think it's time to switch it up and have a little fun yeah awesome have fun. <laughs> let's have some fun okay so we have a little game it is called this or that okay so It's gonna ask you a couple questions it's meant to be rapid fire just answer what you think so we'll just go ahead and get started i know you read so mm-hmm. fiction or non-fiction non-fiction Yay.
0: <laughs> Really? I rarely read
2: fiction. Um. Oh gosh.
0: I mean, I read so much. I would say I don't. Or, okay. What are you have, reading now? Let's see. Well, I just read actually um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Anthony Kiedis. Um, like biography, which is it's actually fairly old, but a girlfriend of mine recommended. She's like, you should go back and read that, and so that was kind of interesting. And then what else? I picked up a couple French books when I was, well, of course. you know, over in France. Yeah. Um, one your is, second
1: home, yeah. your, no right, your seasonal home. That's yeah. right.
0: <laughs> one is actually living your life through Le Petit Prince. So that book, oh, I feel like, so is awesome. like one of the first books that you read read in, you know, French 101. And so That was kind of like an interesting, you know, and I think it's going I'm I'm just starting it. So I think
1: that'll be an interesting read.
2: I love that answer. I really thought you were about to go fiction. Ah! And so I I I love that.
1: Non-fiction readers always make me want to be a better person. I'm right. You're learning things. Should be more than I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm just dreaming. (laughs) All
2: right. Neutrals or pops of color? Ooh, I love a pop of color. So
0: in a recent um, home that I was in, I did a navy blue. Pop with teal, Ooh. and I'm looking at a teal wall, and teal right. so I know you love that color too. <laughs> I but uh, I, I love a good pop. So I like neutrals as a base, and then you know, just really like bringing a wall alive or a couch alive. I, I think it, you know, it, it adds. It like increases a certain the something. energy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh great.
2: All right, I feel like you're gonna surprise me on this one as well. But fall or spring? Ooh, I go fall.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fall. Yeah. I fall.
0: Born in spring, but you know, there's something about the coziness of fall, there's something about the holidays that's right,
1: yeah, and also
0: I like the way like the earth starts to get a little sleepy and you know, slow down a
2: little bit, like that's French culture, that's right, it does feel like things start to
1: slow down
2: a bit. All right, what's your favorite holiday? Cause this oh, is, this is an important one. This, this is important. Shows yeah. a lot about I, think you. I differ on this. Yeah, oh, so we differ okay. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna go Christmas.
0: Yes. Okay. I mean okay. my favorite. favorite I, right? I feel like
2: love this How song. could
0: you not? That's right. I I feel like it's just it's all about family and togetherness, and so you know there's something that's like something really beautiful about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah I get that
1: cuz I love Christmas, but Halloween is just Oh, Halloween. I'm just oh, wow. a spooky gal. I don't know. I just love <laughs> Halloween so much. I love scary movies. And Kate's first question is, "Okay, well, what are you dressing up as this year?" And I'm like, "I don't even dress up. I just oh. I just want to hand out candy." <laughs> It with the lights low and some candles on and <laughs> see all the decorations. I just uh, I just love Halloween.
2: I think Halloween is just too second. scary for me. Like, I
1: love a good scare. I love
2: it. I mean, it's good.
1: Maybe that's the thrill. Yeah, that's the thrill. thrill. I'm a thrill. You're not a thrill. chill. You're yeah. a thrill.
2: Okay. What is your favorite place in Charleston?
0: Ooh, favorite place in Charleston. I have to okay. go with the Copahee Sound.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So North Mount Pleasant, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I guess maybe technically Awanda. Um, my husband and I have had the best time kayaking out there. Oh, okay. The most incredible sunsets and it's just so peaceful, so quiet, but yet like, you know, five minutes
2: away. So yeah. beautiful. What is it called? What the Copahee Sound. Copahee Sound. I bet yeah. not many listeners will know where that is. We <laughs> <And I> just <laughs> help them discover a cool new
1: place. I know. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's we'll put amazing. it we'll put it in the show notes for you guys. You <laughs> (laughs) You can look it up.
2: All right. This is probably the hardest and most rewarding question for Sage and I. Which one (laughs) of our lovely spunky grannies do you like the best on this wall behind me? Who speaks to you? Well, I would
0: say... Gosh, this is a really good question. I've got to go with the style, the fashion icon one. This yes. one, yeah. I mean, the sunglasses Top and like okay. you Joker? Know, yeah. the Joker. Cho- yeah, the, I know. Can you even see the Joker? Well, and then you know the jacket draped over oh, the shoulder. Oh, she it,
1: is an icon.
0: Yeah, it really speaks of a lot of um, confidence, I would say. And
1: you we know, just it. like
0: she knows she's stylish.
1: those oh, <laughs> green lips. Yeah, that's right. Everything about her. I love that. Yeah. We well, will post that for you guys so you can see what who Kelly chose. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you, I think you kind of spoke about the upcoming things that you're working on. So those resources for the short-term rentals. are available right. So we'll have people like keep a lookout for that. But do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me at Coatlux, That's
0: C-O-T-E-L-U-X-E property. Um, and on Instagram, coatlux property, online coat property.com so you can find me there
1: and you have like a very beautiful newsletter is there a way people can sign up for that um of course yeah so you can sign up on instagram or through the website and
0: you know i try and drop some musings and some local inspiration
1: well thank you again for trusting us and being our first guest Couldn't have gone better. We had so much fun doing this. So thank you so much, Kelly. Absolutely. It was a joy to be here and so so much fun. So thank you all. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. In the meantime, be sure to check us out on Instagram at SoRowPod. You can also go to our website at SocialRoomPodcast.com. And if you have any questions or know of somebody that you'd like to hear from on the podcast, you can send us an email at SocialRoomPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Bye.